This machine kills fascists. Yeah, this is a new. We're here coming at you from Mike's Mike's place. Yeah, we're not, we're at a round table. Yeah, round table, full full room. Yep, it's you, me, and the drinks. You, yeah, you, me, and a bunch of empty bottles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this room hasn't been touched much since New Year's. This room hasn't been touched as much since the summertime. We can be honest with the with the listeners. This was this was the room where we shot our masterpiece, the Now Show, with Jack Bell, season one. It's true. We shot a lot of it in here. This was the office in which the characters wrote the show, mm-hmm. and the office in which the writers wrote the show about the characters writing the show. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly right. I hope everyone followed that. So if anyone wants to see the room that we're in, I would recommend looking up the fucking show on YouTube and watching all of it. That's Please. true. Look it up and watch all of it. <laughs> Actually, that's the that's the only it that's the only way that you can give have any contact with us at this point. Is to do that. Yeah, because exactly. we've really told you all to go fuck yourselves in terms of <laughs> setting up an email or an Instagram or a Twitter. So if you comment on our YouTube channel in well, response right. to our podcast, we'll know that you exist. Yeah, look up Grown Up Costume Party. Shout that's out the channel. You'll find it. Shout out to us. Yeah, self-promotion right out the gate. We used to do we used to do fake ads for the show on the pod when we started it. Oh, that's right. It's kind of funny. Maybe we should go back to that. Yeah, or get real sponsors. Sure. Yeah. Which, that requires you guys going to go uh, watch the show. Yeah, and then offering to pay us. Right. Really, you have to go way out of the way to track us down and offer us money, but we're it'll, be, a, it'll be worth your while. We're making a lot of demands for people who haven't done this fucking thing for almost three weeks. I hope that a lot of you have never listened to this show before, and this is your first time here. Mm, I wonder what intrigues you. Welcome to Hot Little Takes with Mike and Christian. My name is Mike, and with me, as always, is Christian. Welcome to the Hogcast. The Hogcast for your momcast. Let's get into it. Some people like to call some people like to call the show the water cooler, in which Mike and Christian talk about the show that they watched last night. Sure, uh, I know what show I watched last night. What's that? I watched. Well, I guess I watched three. I watched the new Curb last night. The I new, didn't watch that. The one. new New Pope and the new High Maintenance. But we can attack all those as we go along. Yeah. We'll probably save the any all all new. All new papal listeners. We're, we're gonna we'll just like, that we're gonna go end. through a litany of things today. Yeah. Because um, we've both been busy and sick and sick and busy mm. and just sick of you all and sick of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and but very busy. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't been here for a couple weeks. No. We but, got a lot uh, to talk about. What do we want? Do we want to? <laughs> did we want to start with the Oscars? Yeah. We, we, yeah. We <laughs> which, might as well. Which were a hard two weeks ago. Yeah. We oh we uh, have, yeah because we had our Golden Globe predictions and we, yeah. those panned out pretty well. We never really did our any Oscar. We didn't really do the picks. Yeah, we just kind of talked about the well. Last time that we talked, we gave you your spanking for Parasite, which obviously had like the biggest surprise night at the Oscars in years. I think since probably since Moonlight won that was. The I wasn't surprised finish. because I know how uh, how the universe has a sense of irony with me when it comes to sure. these things. <laughs> Sure. So I had a lot of people asking me if I've seen Parasite lately. Sure, sure. 
And you're like, kind of. Well, sit down and let me tell you a story. <laughs> let me show you my podcast. <laughs> Do you listen to my podcast? <laughs> Have you asked anyone that? Do you listen to my yes, podcast? Yes, when they've when halfway through that story they're like, Did you fall asleep during that movie? Right before you regurgitate the monologue that you've given before. You're like, yeah. wait. Have you heard this? Wait a minute. Stop me if you've Did heard you this episode. To, they're before. like, no, it's just very obvious that you fell asleep. It's very obvious you that you have a podcast. There's a lot of foreshadowing in that story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, big night for Bong Joon Ho. It was great. Yeah. Good for him. Bong Joon Ho. I loved his speech. When he, I think that was when he won Best Director, and he gave the, he talked about this quote that had always been, he's, he said that he etched it deep in his heart, and it was a Scorsese quote, and he gave a, he gave it over to Scorsese, and then Scorsese like got a standing ovation from the crowd. That was a cool moment. And Scorsese bowed. <laughs> it's like, hey, like, like a God. It's like I've been to Japan. Oh, you know what I did want to talk about? <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite pop culture moments of the last since the last time we did this. Oscars were fine. Whatever, fuck the Oscars. The only thing I want to talk about with the Oscars later is the live-action short that won. Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't We didn't even talk about those. No. Well, we did talk about... Whatever. Oh, that's right. We'll we get did. to that in a minute. The Adam Sandler Best Actor speech from the Independent Spirit Awards. That's right. That was probably... That was better than the entire Oscars telecast, which I know you didn't watch anyway. <laughs> I did not watch the Oscars. That's true. I, I was objecting to the... Uh, the conscientious... Yep. Conscientious objector. objector to that. Yeah. Um, but Sandler... I, it was mostly because Sandler wasn't going to be there that night. Right, and he and he burned down the building the night before. Anyway. Yeah, the you sent me the Independent Spirit Award speech. I'd recommend anyone look that up. It's a great just kind of like middle finger to award shows. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and like um, the best humble brag I've ever seen in my life, basically. Yeah, and and a very gracious, <laughs> exactly funny, funny entertaining speech. They didn't yeah. like try to rush him off even though it was a little long and it was fucking it, everyone was dying yeah <laughs> well maybe we'll throw a little clip in right here let all those featherhead douchebag motherfuckers get their oscars tomorrow night and that's why they didn't have him at the oscars that's why yeah, yeah. loved that i loved it yeah that was good shit so the one oscar topic that we can and this is totally personal between you and i and Maybe anybody else that watched the live action shorts, but the one that won was the American one that we hated so much. Did you oh know that? Oh my god. <laughs> no, I, I guess that seems like a disappointing text you would have sent me. Little little technical, okay. little pit stop we made there. That's fine. We're used to that. We're used to it. So, so, so yeah. <laughs> little do you and know. And if you're not, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> Stumbling out of the gates tonight. Uh, so the American sh short one. The one about... Instant reactions? So it was about a couple watching another couple. Yeah, yeah we, ex we explained our whole, uh, that's right. the whole, our whole night. We didn't, I guess we it didn't sucked. talk about the... Uh, that one sucked. Yeah, that one sucked. It's really, it's kind of, I don't know. It's one of those it's, words that I don't think a lot of people care about, but if you've seen them, you're like, what? Yeah, if you've seen all of those, that was definitely the worst one. Oh, by a by But a it was mile. the only American one. Yeah. And it was, I guess, the easy, the most easily accessible, but even that I would disagree with. But that's no, that's no standard for quality. No! As much as anything else is, and that's why the fucking awards are stupid. Yeah, I know. This was, it's, this Oscars was a prime example, I think, of why you and I like and dislike them. You know, because you had these chalk acting categories that had been the same, that pretty much been, like, predicted since the 
Golden Globes back in December or whenever that was. Everyone that everyone said was going to win won, and it was super, and it was super boring. But then there was also just like this shocking uh, firing off of wins from Parasite. They won foreign film, screenplay, director, and best picture. And like I don't think, except with the exception of foreign film, that was those were all surprises. All that stuff was supposed to go to 1917, I think, which is mm. that was a huge relief for that movie to not win best picture because it means that I don't have to fucking see it now. That's a great for that movie that Christian didn't have to see it. Oh my god. Because he probably would have complained about things and they put a lot of work into it. Yeah. It just would have been... I would have just gone and bitched about it. Yeah. So you, I'm glad. You would have been like, I can't believe Germany didn't win. <laughs> or something, I don't know. <laughs> if you're going to make a movie about World War One, it's like... No wonder there was a second one. It's like, get creative with it. Come on. <laughs> Don't give us the ending that we expect. It's like letting the Joker run away from the asylum. <laughs> That's like basically, those are like the lyrics to uh, Keep It Gay from the producers. You're welcome, everyone. There's a little taste of some actual quality <laughs> right there. Uh, <laughs> totally. We didn't know. We didn't talk about the uh, the animated shorts because we did see those after we recorded our last episode. Oh yeah, I've forgotten them. Those again were more fun than the the live action ones. Let's remind remind me what they were. Oh God! Well, the first one is the oh, there one. were a lot of them because yeah, because they play more. They there play were a more, second round. There were there were like participation trophy ones that were in many ways better. <laughs> yeah. That were all they're always like just as good if not better than the ones yeah. that are nominated. In, tw in twenty nineteen, the 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 best one was one of the, uh, the so they so they play the five nominees and then they show a placard that says highly commendable or something like sure. that which Mike and I thought was so funny we're like and now the not too shabby yeah that's flicks. that's a tough thing to have to put on your resume <laughs> but those, highly was voted highly commendable. I'm trying to remember what the I guess if, so if we just if we're going through them the first one is the one that won hair love the one about the Oh yeah, that, that, was, was, that was the Vegas odds, and that one, and that one was beautiful. And yeah, I we were and I totally we were both crying that. in the first like two because that well, and the next one was about like this girl and her and, and her father who was dying. Like, so I'm like bed. I'm like fucking losing my shit, like, <laughs> and then the third one was like. A something about a sister. Well, that's well, and was, we were like, oh god, if he kills the, if like the fucking sister in this dies, and this is just a series of like familial death stories, <laughs> or because the because the hair love one, the mom's got cancer in the yeah, you know, and they yeah, and that, yeah, and that one really takes a shot at your heart. But then that but second hap, one, the second about one is, the about the father on his deathbed, yeah. was also animated in such a beautiful, interesting way that had more of a yeah, it's some like East, it, Eastern European dark claymation. Yeah, that one was cool. Like, and they kind of looked like little marionettes, and like the way that they shot it, like I remember there's a scene where the one of the characters is running upstairs, and you're like, how in the fuck did they do this? Like that one was gorgeous, and then yeah, the third one was called a sister, <laughs> and it was ch Chinese. That one was a Chinese one that was kind of anti-abortion. That one. No, was, it wasn't anti-abortion. It wasn't anti-abortion. It, it was about the it was about the child. It was about the one child policy in China. Yeah. So like the he talks he tells this whole story of his sister and we're like Jesus Christ if this girl dies we're gonna be like we're already sobbing at <laughs> these cartoons 
And uh, we were open. And then and then finally. he goes and then he goes. But my sister never happened because my yeah. mother had to get an abortion because of the one child policy in China at the time, <coughs> right. which is like a very weird like we as Americans we have our own kind of like, yeah. perspective on abortion one way right. or the other. Yeah. But like that's we never had to do something. We never did something like that. No, that one took such a crazy left turn. Yeah. And it kind of, like, negated the whole story that had happened, because it was just, like, him imagining what it would have been like to have a sister. Yeah. Which is... It, yeah, it does kind of do the one storytelling device that you're like, oh, God. Yeah, but it was all a dream. Fuck off. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that one was not my favorite. The what fourth else? one, I think... Well, what actually, else was there? The fourth one was the one about the painter with dementia, the French That one. was beautiful. And that one was some of the coolest animation I've ever seen. And that seen. was done with claymation, where, like, all of the swatches of paint on their faces were different type different colors of clay so it had that van gogh schizophrenic thing mm -hmm. happening and it was about yeah he was he's having dementia and his wife is just kind of watching is, him yeah watching him slip away and it the was, way that they like the as his, that one as like his condition intensifies the way that it the the paint on his face changes and then when he's like kind of having the flashback to painting her and she's just just pieces of the paint that you see. Yeah, in the and, and they'll have gorgeous. these moments where he's lucid and. Yeah, that one was wonderful. He's, I really thought that one probably was, should have won. Yeah, I like that one a it lot. It seemed, but well, Hair Love was beautiful though. Those were all great, and then the last one was the the Kit Bull. It was the the cat and the dog. Right, and that was the Pixar. Yeah. Pixar project. Yeah. The, which I was telling you about how these you know these animation studios, and I know they're better about it now. But these guys would have to. Sorry about. By the way, sorry about that fan that was running for the <laughs> yeah, last like, twenty minutes. Because I know it's, you're gonna hear it when you're listening. It's gonna to be this. a different soundscape. This yeah, episode. the heating in here is weird. Um, but these sorry, animation right. studios will have these guys who like work their ass off on the big movie project that they're being hired oh, to yeah. do, and then in their free time are making like a short that they, you know, that would get them some attention as a director. Right. And. Um, now Pixar's better about like supporting that. So mm. on one hand, we're kind of rolling our eyes that it's like a studio short, but at the same time, it's like the labor of love for one poor fucking yeah. guy that yeah. like finally got to do his own story, and it was a right. It, it was is... very Disney. It was a cat and dog. Yeah, that one was great, and that one was nice. And a and nice. an evil guy who hit the dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one was nice. It is it is an interesting playing field that that the animated shorts have going on where you have Pixar producing some of these movies and some of them are super, super independent. Like, I guess that, I guess that happens in, even in best feature film too, but. Sure, and that's why everything in between kind of gets pushed to the wayside. I mean, there's so many movies and content right. that comes out all the time right. that just never gets seen. Yeah. Like our, like our own show, probably, <laughs> and, our, and our own podcast, probably don't have the numbers we would, uh... No, we'd like we to think I, we have, yeah. yeah. We gotta be better, uh, influencers. Yeah. What were the, what were the, what were the, <laughs> not, what were the Not Too Shabby nominees? I don't remember. Oh, there was the one that was, uh, Christina Hendricks and Chris Cooper did the voices of the Humpback Girl. That one was... Oh, I, I didn't like that one. We were making fun of that one a lot. Yeah, I wasn't crazy. Oh, the great one was there was a French one about these two ski patrol guys getting a dude yeah. down the mountain. And that one was fucking incredible. That one was just really funny. Like and That one was really short. Three Stooges kind of comedy, like... 
you know, tall guy, short guy, and then guy who's just like strapped to strapped to a strapped uh, to a emergency like a stretcher thing. Yeah, and and they're all they're all just falling down this like mountain top. Right. Great nineteen eighties uh, dance soundtrack to that one. Yeah, that one's right. Up. That one was fucking good. Yeah, French people have a funny sense of humor, man. Yeah, the f- uh, and all the shorts. We they're saw. like, we're going to fall down a mountain. It'll be hilarious, like Jerry Lewis. It'll make you think of death, like Jerry Lewis. It reminds you how how short and meaningless your life is. <laughs> hilarious. They're shout out to any of our French listeners. Yeah, shout out to yeah, absolutely, man. We'd like we'd love more of you guys. We are an inter- we like your style. We are an international podcast. Oh yeah, we do have one French listener. I hope they return. Yeah, hola <laughs> and bonjour. Hola and bonjour. <laughs> welcome to Hot Little Takes. Yeah, welcome. So we've been going for seventeen minutes. Welcome back. Yeah, well, you know, we what else do we want to talk about? That's the thing. I said to you, do we want to decide what we want to talk about? Because at points we have. And you're like, nah, let's just raw dog this thing. Yeah, and then we find ourselves and in I was the position like, of recording and we don't know what we're doing. And then we'll take a break and be like, oh yeah, we need to talk about right. this and that. Well, I know that... So I, there's a few shows that I know we both watched. One of us, we have one or the other of yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Or individually we've been watching shit. Sure. So let's just go down lists of things we've been, we've watched. Do we, I mean, do we want to get... The, I know the one that I want to talk about the most. No, let's wait for a little bit. You want to say it? Okay. I got, we got other stuff we can talk about. I, did, I started McMillions last night, and I think that That's right. It seems like a lot of That's people right. are watching that. We both watched that. What the hell? I love it. <laughs> what the hell? I'm like, this should have been... This, I was like, man, why didn't they make this into like a Hollywood movie, but it would have been like 17 hours long. I was going to say, like the only way to do it is to take... Ten hours, I think. Yeah, there's so many characters. You said, imagine this is, uh, you know, Simon and Pelicanos. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like The Wire. Yeah. Because there are so many characters. Hey, get that cat out of that box real quick. Hey. Sylvester's <laughs> in the studio with us. He's gonna make some noise. Mike's, yeah, just Mike's, put it on the ground. He'll be okay. Mike's cats are way crazier than my one cat. Yeah, they kind of rile each other up, and then I get riled up, and we all keep every we we keep it anxious around here. Anyone you know? who listens to this that's been in our two apartments is gonna be like, yeah, this episode's clearly happening, Mike. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, what's there's some other shit happening at Mike's house. <laughs> I'm doing laundry right now. Yeah, you guys don't know what Christian's place looks like if you if, because we didn't make a. A web series in it yet? <laughs> he made a, did, you made a couple there's, of there's shorts. There's a couple shorts. Yeah, you can find them. You can see what our places look okay. like. <laughs> anyway, back to McMillions. Oh yeah, what so, the fuck? So that would yeah. Imagine that. Who if would it were you, like who the would wire? Play, okay, so if you were doing that though, who plays my favorite character? The fucking FBI guy. Yeah, there's who's this, just like and he can't. He's, he's anyone who's seen this knows who exactly he, what I'm talking he's about. He's not featured as much. Like they've now like that show flips around and shows you like the other side of what's yeah. happening, but it's keeping you like details of like exactly how it worked and exactly Yo, yeah. how the FBI figured it out. Oh yeah, like it's there's very, this, there's a big question cool. at the center of it, of it that I'm sure it's gonna wrap up in the last few or whatever. Yeah, because so that's still airing. Yeah. Okay. So that goes from the FBI to the mafia, basically. Right. When they and showed trailers of that, I thought that it was like one 90 minute documentary. No, it's like eight parts or something. Like that. <laughs> I fucking love it. Like we're halfway there right now. But but who do you think would play that guy if you're making that show? I want to play that guy. <laughs> that guy's so funny because he was this like young FBI agent who's like, 
I got really bored with the paperwork, and I just wanted to go out there and be undercover, and they put me on the Monopoly thing, and they didn't think it was going to be a big deal, and he's just like... Being, he's such a funny guy. Yeah, he's hilarious. And they were like, he's a very creative guy. He doesn't like to follow rules. And I'm like, hey, ah, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> like, that's what I would it's be like. like. It's your, like, it's that's your what McNulty I, if you're doing the... Exactly. If it's a Pelicanos thing. Yeah, and he's got some buddies. And I really like the woman who's like their... Oh, the woman who worked for McDonald's? Yeah, she's like, yeah. Their, she's like their civilian agent. She's just like really cute. And so all of these... People that they'd interview who were winners and that they were part of this huge fucking fraud scheme thing. Yeah. Run by the fucking mob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of them like fell for this girl who was doing the inter fake interviews and she was like just being, I think she'd be like your main character is this like girl who works for McDonald's sure. that gets the FBI like draws into this fucking thing. Hey, Sylvester. <laughs> That's my cat, Sylvester. He's named after Sylvester the cat. Um, anyway. There's another cat here named want... Duchess, who's a Romanov. Yeah, do you have anything you want to say or you just want to fuck it around in that box? He just wants to fuck around in the box and I get it. Okay, anyway. If I was, if I was his size, I would do that shit too. Yeah, McMillions is fucking Yeah, that's, great. yeah, I'd highly recommend that to anybody who's, I don't know. But I think that girl would be your main character. Sure. And the McNulty guy would be like the crazy young FBI agent. She doesn't know who, like... She thinks he's got authority, and then his uh, bosses are like, "This is your first real job, you idiot." What's like, the What's the actress from um, from Workaholics and Britney Runs a Marathon? She would be great. Is oh, I don't uh, know. Jillian is that her name? I don't know. She uh, she's great. I like uh, Britney Runs a Marathon is a great flick. Your other guy would be played by like. Sam Rockwell. It's, yeah, it's but, kind of a Sam but, Rockwell type. But it was actually him like 20 years ago. So you're seeing him being interviewed now. I mean, yeah, all this I, happened in the early 2000s. I'd like to see like the, like the guy who plays Ken Cosgrove on Mad Men take a shot at that. I think it could be funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I could see that. I like him. I could see that. You're, what's what's the video game that you play that he's the... L.A. Noir. L.A. Noir. Yeah. He's the main guy in that. Aaron Staten, I think is that guy's name. He's great. That's it. No, nah, I don't want to get into that right now. <laughs> anyway. We're not, we're not going to go there We're not going to right the video game corner. Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> this is not a political or a video game podcast. No. Uh, Although, Sean. Super Tuesday is coming up next week. Yes, yeah, it is. What do you want to say about that? The, the debate tonight was very unsatisfying, I'll tell you that. All the debates have been a little milk toast. Right? Yeah, they're a little milk toast. I do, you know... And watching uh, Bloomberg at the public spankings is always pretty funny, though. But the thing I don't that, recognize half the people on that fucking dais, man. Well, I'm also Tom, like, I it was really weird to see. I don't follow shit. Very it was well. strange that Tom Steyer was in there because he didn't even qualify for the last debate, and I was like, I forgot that you were still thought you were involved in this. Very weird. I did after after the debate was over. It came out that tickets because there was a couple times that Bloomberg got these like rounds of applause that I was like, what in the fuck. It costs seventeen hundred dollars to get a seat to be there, so I just wish that why. this isn't a political podcast. But but I... told me to go fuck myself a couple weeks ago, so that sucks. I mean, this isn't a political podcast. I really, know. no precedent for someone who I don't know if we're gonna cut this out or not. But no, this is good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we're big Trumpsters here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone knows that. They're like these guys, these two, these two, these two straight white guys who talk about all the all the 
all the movies and art that they love. Everybody knows that we canvas for Jeb Bush. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Jeb's the least of the Bushes. Least worst of the Bushes. What is? Wait, what do you mean least worst of the Bushes? Like, not the best, because that would be unfair. Who's the best? He is, but you can't say he's the best. But also, it implies like, that he's good at all. But, but also, like, what? Uh, he's not the. He's not the worst. What are we measuring it by here? Like, is best like like body the, counts? The most maybe. <laughs> That's a good measurement. That's a good litmus test. Like, I. Which bush has the most body counts? I'm gonna say W, probably. This isn't a political podcast. This isn't a political podcast, though. Alright, what else did we watch? I watched, I watched Mother for the first time. Oh, yeah. I watched Spanglish for the first time. The both weird, both cool. Aaron uh, yeah, I mean, probably the best environmentalist story ever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, it, I think it's unfairly maligned. I realize it's not... My friend was... It's not not upsetting to watch, I understand, but... A friend of mine was more upset by, like, the patriarchal, biblical overtones, which I totally understand. But, you know, the Mother Earth was the, the marginalized victim in that story. So, I don't know. Interesting stuff. Absolutely. I like Aronofsky. What else did we watch? Did you watch any? Did you binge watch anything? Well, I've been. I have you been? You haven't been watching any high maintenance, have you? I've not. But high give maintenance. Me, give me some. Give me some. Uh, you know the that fucking show. I really always find so impressive. It's uh, <laughs> the the writing in that show. The way that they're like the the kinds of people that it introduces you to, like these. You know, these small microcosms of communities in the world that exist that they always give such a heartfelt, earnest voice to in that show is fucking cool. I mean, there's, how, how, there's what some season great... is that? I think that this is their fourth, like, full half-hour HBO season. But they did, I think, four or five seasons of a web series, so... Been doing so it's like, seven. yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. So, okay, here's my question for you. Hmm. Is that show, because it seems like that show originally, like I watched some of the, some of the web series and right. some of the first season. Uh-huh. And it seemed like it was really about like, look at how, look at the variety of people that smoke weed and how it's like, it was, there was like kind of an undercurrent of like, everybody gets high you know, sure. Just, I mean, that's still definitely like, part thing. of it. But, but now it's been almost 10 years, and a lot of states, especially the one we live in, Colorado has changed a lot in the last 10 years due yeah. to legalization and the, and the attitudes and everything. Right. Where that point isn't maybe as prescient or as important now. Mm. And now that shows mm. just a really good, like, slice of life. Yeah, and, I mean, know, that's sort of true. Has and it the... transcended its original... I, you know, I don't know. That's really Thing. interesting. I mean, I guess that that's... Because I'm sure that they're going to keep continue doing it as long as they can. And, ev and eventually we're going to... I mean, eventually it will be legal everywhere. And It seems like that show's going to go on as long as the main, the, the guy wants to keep doing it. Yeah, him and, 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 and Katia, Katia... His wife, the creators, right? I guess they broke up. They're not together anymore, but, but they, they still make the show together. Well, shit, man. You know? You love I've, to see it. I've done I've done plays with my exes and stuff. You know, when you're passionate about something, or when you're getting paid to do it, something you're passionate about. Like when you're you'll getting fucking, paid to be somewhere. You'll suck it up. 
you know? <laughs> and and if you can't get through that, then you can't. But Well, it's kind of interesting, because I didn't know that until recently, but the last season deals really well with that character has an ex-wife, and they have a couple of great okay. scenes. Is throughout. it her? No, it's this actress, Caitlin Scheel, who I love. Okay. Who's in a... She's, like, in some Alex Raspberry movies and stuff. She's really... She's, like, very big in that, uh... The fan's back. Just want to The say. fan is back. Just letting everyone know we're aware, too. Um... But I would just... I, I would really recommend High Maintenance. I, I'm so shocked that you haven't watched all of those seasons, because I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna really just go hog on it one of these days. Like, maybe that's the show I'll watch when I smoke, like, a, a bunch of dabs while I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes or something like that. That would be a fun thing to do. Yeah, and then I'll and then I'll fall asleep halfway through every episode. I'll have to rewatch them all. You know? Sure, I love rewatching them. Um, that that's kind I of I go back to that show a lot. I, probably... I also I think I'm also on one hand a little envious of that show because that's something like we've talked oh, about wanting to do. Yeah, it's such a it is such a fucking cold good idea. That well, they even just, just execute at such a even fucking... just doing anthology stories. You know, like yeah, that's great. the it's ones I stuff. watched were never the same. Thing. It's not like a sitcom where everything goes back to normal. Or yeah. You're the same people at all. It's it's like, and you watched the? Did you? You never finished Easy. Easy, I think, is also. I liked Easy. Excellent. I shit. liked it more than Modern Love. Modern Love was tough. I don't know if we ever really talked about. That, that seemed more like talk the, about Modern talk Love, about under delivering. It seemed like the kind of watered down version of Easy, maybe. Well, but it's but it kind of was. Kind or like of a different of, generation. I mean, I love the Modern Love column in the in the times but actually this last weekend i opened it and i read the first paragraph and i was like jesus christ sometimes the modern lovers are brutal and it, it seems like and it didn't really do any of the like the fucking brutal ones there's so many there's i remember reading a modern love one time where it just things didn't go well i well where things were just so sad like this guy who was like healthy and successful and led this very active lifestyle like got this weird like undiagnosable condition where he like literally like can't be in the light and like can't can barely get out of bed and like the deterioration of the relationship he was in it's fucking sounds psychosomatic oh my god sometimes they're just awful i'm just kidding i i honestly would have rather watched the show that was doing those just like really hard to bear articles instead of all of the chipper ones they did yeah <laughs> what else are we watching uh i watched all of hunters Oh, that's right. And I think you you should start it. Talk about that. Okay, it's based on a comic book, so okay. it does have comic. This is the Pacino. Uh, Pacino leading. It's, and, a, it's uh, about. It Logan takes place Lerman. in. It takes place in the seventies. Cool. And it which drives home like in the first scenes like immediately everyone's just like name dropping these things. You're like, okay, it's clearly Carter administration right. era, right? And right. all of these. So this is a this. I'm, I'm curious to, I, I haven't researched the comic book or anything, but it's based on a true historical thing, which is called Project Paperclip, Okay. which I had already knew about, okay. which was after World War II, America hired all of the, Nazi, the best Nazi scientists and gave them like new lives here in the United States in exchange for their active scientific... Uh, research and technology in the Cold War. Okay. Right? Right. And so all of these, like, monstrous dudes were... And, like, they talk about Werner, Werner von Braun. He's, mm -hmm. like, the most famous example because they're, like, dude was on the cover of Time magazine or whatever, like... Right. And, you know, 
was building rockets that bombed Britain and stuff in World War Two, and now he's sending, helping send first man to the moon here in, the, here in America. And there were a lot of guys like this. So it departs from that history, and then it creates, and it's a little weird because you're like, hmm, there's a secret cabal of, you know, but it's like a little ragtag team uh. of these uh, survivor, these Jewish survivors. Holocaust survivors. Yeah, and they're, and the main kid is like the grandson of one of them. And how they track down all of these ex-Nazi guys and interrogate them, trying to find the rest of them and, like, brutally murder all of them. And every sure. episode basically starts with, like, a horror story of what one of these dudes used to do in, in a concentration camp to the Jews and Whoa. how they're, like, just these monstrous fucking dudes, so... It's, it's, I, uh, people are called, like, I know some, I was like, I know some people are going to be, like, not cool with this, this is exploitive, and other people are going to be like, fuck yeah, Jordan Peele is, uh, is an executive producer. Oh, It's right? got Tarantino, like, mm. historical revisionist, like, fuck Nazis, like, right. vibes, which right. is something, not that this is a political podcast. This is a political but podcast, right? So, there's a lot to unpack. But you, but you liked it. Yeah, I, like, watched the whole thing in, like, two days, because I was All just right. being lazy and couldn't sleep and how's stuff. Pacino it's interesting to see Pacino do a show like this um and also play because wasn't he in the Meyerowitz stories no that was uh Dustin Hoffman oh okay. right before Dustin Hoffman kind of stuck his yeah his it's interesting Pacino I'm like because Pacino's I not, love Al Pacino you know that he's really good and he was great in he was really he was good the, the best he was the best part of the Irishman I don't know it's interesting I, it's, it's, really, it's really like the main kid's thing, and he's like not a bad young actor. I'm like, oh, cool. cool. Lo no, Great. Logan Lerman, man. It's nice he, to see uh, people once in a while that don't suck. He played the he played the lead in the Perks of Being a Wallflower movie, which... That's what it was. Um, it's a really tough role, and that kid nailed that, well, that, that is one of the... And this isn't like the kid joining the cool club and being excited about it. What I liked about this show is it's nothing but like... Uh, philosophical debate of like are you becoming just as bad as the people that you're right you know right. when do you become the monster and the kid is just constantly having like existential he's like freaking out like his grandma dies right away and so he's like mourning Brutal. and then and then every time he has to deal with these situations he's like traumatized and he's questioning if he wants to do it Oh, wow. So it's not, like, a simple, like, hey, you're in the cool club and we're doing uh, yeah, cool it's stuff. Yeah, it's not, it's not just the Brad Pitt scenes from English. Yeah, concerts. it's a little more, uh, it's a little more complex than I expected it to actually get. Right. That sounds great. There's also great, um, fuck, man, I'm not going to remember their names right now. Carol Kane and... Oh, hell yeah. Carol Kane and, uh... <laughs> Carol Kane can Saul, show for every Saul, Saul Rubinek. Saul Rubinek play two of the survivors who are this couple. Uh -huh. And their scenes, like, they are playing it like hard, serious, dramatic theater acting. Hell yes. You know, where you're like, fuck man, this is like not just a cute uh, comic book show. Which they cool. which it kind of, which it kind of is in a lot of ways. Sure. But then they'll do shit like that where you're like, Jesus, they've got like these two amazing yeah. actors doing some amazing heavy material. 
Oh fuck! Like yes. they're interrogating. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. But <laughs> no, this sounds great. Yeah, I think, I think gonna, you'd, I'm I think you'd dig it. I'm uh, I'm in desperate need of something after. And it's good popcorn stuff too. Good. So I, it's not just okay. heavy. I know I'm making it sound really heavy, but it's like you want. It's intriguing. You want to see these Nazis get their. Sh- I like deep tones that resonate, man. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> I'm here for that. And that historical kind of like vengeance porn. Sure. It's always fun. I did, you know, it's funny, I did just rewatch Inglorious Bastards at work the other day. And it, on a rewatch, that is, I know that we do a lot of, uh, we love Tarantino, but maybe we don't uh, talk on this podcast. But yeah, everyone loves Tarantino. That movie Whether is, or not... That movie is pretty unimpeachably awesome. That, that, that's the one he, that one that's is the one he like, he like fucking called his masterpiece at the end of it. Yeah, that one, that movie's really good. Well, and it's like one no one should be able to be upset about. Like, I know, you know, like, it's Nazis, man. Yeah. Like, it's fucking Nazis. Yeah. The only thing I wish about that movie that I told you is that Adam Sandler was supposed to play the, the bear, bear Jew. That's right. That Eli Roth ended up playing. And, I just, <laughs> and every, whenever I watched it, I'm like, God, it would have been so good to see Adam Sandler just like, like, oh my God. water boy head well, clapping. Well, that, oh my God, like, Mike. With that bat. You know, I put out a line, sometimes I put out a line, and you just grab right onto it. This is the segue I wanted. Another rewatch I did was the water boy the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> That's like a good year. Every year and a half oh or my so, I'll God, watch that. God, it's funny. I, there, and every time there's a new thing that pops out to me that I'm like, genius. When they're like, when he's in his first practice, <laughs> and Henry Winkler is telling him, I want you to pretend that Casey is insulting you. Pretend. <laughs> pretend. I'll hit. I'll hit. I'll hit. Uh, that. I'll hit that with the real clip. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. What's that, your favorite line in that movie? In Waterboy? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, my, I mean, recency bias is going to say pretend. Uh, sure. I also, <laughs> I really love Winkler. This is later in the, because when, you, when you've seen it so many times, especially as you're older, you're like, oh my God, I never realized what a fucking just beautiful moment that is. But when Winkler is... This is later in the movie when you find out that uh, the coach from the other team took his playbook back in the 70s, and it's this great black and white 70s scene, mm-hmm. and Henry Winkler doesn't get the job, yep. and he's on the phone with his grandmother, and but he he's... goes, I know, Grandma, I, I can't believe I didn't get it. Is this... <laughs> and, it and it pans yes. down to his feet, yeah. and he not only is the phone ripped from the wall... Yes. But he's in Paris stiletto. Those are the, that's the kind of Adam Sandler movie humor that I really like. It's just like when, my it's when there's like there's like no reason to sh- like, but they're like we're gonna add like two more weird jokes where you pan down and he's not even talking to anybody and he's wearing heels. <laughs> like it's like when in uh, Billy Madison he calls Steve Buscemi and apologizes for bullying him. Yes. And then he crosses him off his list, and then he lies back and puts on lipstick. <laughs> For you're like just that added thing of like, we're gonna make this a little weird. Yeah, that's and I guess great. those are both kind of transphobic jokes nowadays. But well, and there's some stuff in the Waterboy that you're like, whew, man, that's that in the does, '90s. That does not get put in a movie today. But yeah, even like the just the undiagnosed great. mental issues. Yeah, yeah, because there's some of my favorite lines. My favorite ones to quote are ones that just I'm not gonna do on this podcast. 
Needle, I don't know. Needle dick one makes it. Needle hard. dick is amazing. I'm not a needle dick. <laughs> <laughs> one of my fa- you know, rewatching it, one of my favorite things is that, because uh, as a kid I was not recognizing that as D'Angelo Barksdale, <laughs> who plays the kicker. That's right. <laughs> That's right, and he. Oh no, mom is the same. And what does he picture the? What does he have to picture differently? He pictures because he's the the the. He oh. has to kick like a long. Oh, he pictures the guy. He pictures the Klansman dead. That's right. The the football scenes in that movie are also really great. They shoot them in wides where guys actually catch passes and get fucking smacked. That's great. The Waterboy is a, an all timer. Yeah, Adam Sandler, love him or hate him. You, you know, gotta love him. You gotta love it. Like, I mean... You gotta love it. He's he's made a lot of fucking... Not all not all great. He's made some stinkers, man, but... But the good ones are so good. Yeah, I can still watch, like, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and... Oh my god. There's a few of those. Waterboy, Wedding Singer, I love. Wedding Singer is, like... Wedding Singer's one of my favorites. Wedding Singer's, like, the beginning of Adam Sandler's dramatic career, right? Totally. But then he then punched Drunk Glove. Yeah. Spanglish was a, right. I, my, I, my I just watched. I, I just watched it for the first time. I'd never seen Spanglish. Oh, you? I didn't realize you'd never seen. No, it. No, I'd never seen it. Oh. Because I always thought it was like a romantic comedy, and I don't really like those movies very much. It's different. It's got a weird tone. That's one, another reason I'm single. <laughs> well, maybe we should take a break. <laughs> We've been going for. But then we can talk about a great romantic comedy. Yes. Which is High Fidelity. Woo. And the new Pope. Which is also a romantic comedy. Yeah, if you look at it the right way. Yeah, I think that it is. if you think about the romance be- being between God and each one of us. God and man, yeah, absolutely. We're we'll, gonna take a break. We'll be back. We'll be back. Ooh, I'm a f- f- football player. <laughs> Salesman, really? Willie Loman? I guess he oh would. Oh my god! I guess he Steve probably Buscemi's Willie Loman? That would be interesting. Because he'd be like so worn down. Whoa! He's just got that kind of clout, I guess is what I mean. So like you want, you I, you hear him and you're, I'm like, that's a leading. Still, he's getting older, but that's still like. Well, but that's the fact that he's going to play the doctor. We're talking about, hey everyone, we're back. We're talking about uh, Greta Gerwig and Oscar Isaac's uh, upcoming Three Sisters. At the New York Theater Workshop. Yeah. Directed by Sam Gold, who's the Annie Baker kind of uh, If you're Chekhov fans like we are. Christian directed Three Sisters years ago, and I played right. Andre in it. That's right. A real, bang, real Cracker Jack production. Yeah, and we, uh, and that was, we were talking, we were just talking about how that was an example of us kind of doing revisionist stylized things, like I was smoking a bong. You know, yeah, there's a lot of there are there are, there are bits. Stuff we were doing we were doing coke and stuff. There was you know there was a production in New York at the MCC Theater I think over the summer called Moscow 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 Moscow, which was a kind of a you know fresh three sisters adaptation. And there was a couple of things in the review that I read that I was like, oh my god, that we did do that in our production. Like Natasha wears 
sweatsuits. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there kind there's something. I was. Yeah. I think that their their musical sequence like ours was updated in a very yeah we did piano way. man we did like a five song medley yeah and we all sang you know <laughs> mo- modern pop songs and that, I remember that a bunch of drunk rich people would right be singing. it's them basically just like getting really drunk and singing karaoke together and I remember it was and it went on for a while and it went on for a while and I <laughs> I remember it was either the first it was opening weekend I was sitting in the house and. It was going on, and, you know, sometimes that was better than others, because sometimes you guys were <laughs> pretending to be drunker. Than and sometimes <laughs> we might have actually been a little drunk. Oh, my God. But this, this is back when we were young actors. Yeah, this is... Now we're matured. Yeah. But these, this woman looked over at her friend, and she's like, I, I don't like this. Oh, yes. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. There was a lot... I mean, you know, the, the, the story is about... That was a debate we had back when we were doing that show, is how... It's a bunch of rich kids, the plight of these rich kids. But it's also like they're, they're, they, their parents died and left them with all this money, and Andre just fucks it all up. And they all well, just kind of lack a clear ambition. And yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it's, Three Sisters is very it's a lot prescient, of, I think, to the millennial generation. I think that there's It's the uh, uh, ennui of privilege. Yeah. You know? Yeah, That you've heard so many times I love, and I so love many Three stories. Sisters. But the, so this, let me just, I, for anyone who doesn't, who isn't tapped into what New York Theater Workshop is doing all the time. The cast for this production is what any Chekhov fan, I think, would agree is a fucking dream cast for this. Greta Gerwig is playing Masha. Oscar Isaac is playing Vrishinen. Steve Buscemi is playing uh, Chibukin, the doctor. Which seems like, and it's not a small role, but... For a guy it's, like it's a, it's a for a guy like Buscemi role. is like it's crazy. Oh, that's an impressive been, cast. They've been advertising the thing about Isaac and Gerwig, and you're like, cool man. Like that's all I needed to hear. But then Buscemi's doing that, and Lola fucking Kirk is playing Irina, which is just ah beautiful. Ben Sinclair from High Maintenance that we were talking about is playing the guy, Kleegan, the Masha's husband. And Chris Messina, who is in Sharp Objects, is playing Sulyani, which is my favorite character. It's cool that all. And then there's these, some other actors that I'm, I'm sure. I really are like. Just I, as I like because you know. but it's a, it's such a and and so our hot little take because because that cast is so, like head turningly, banger that they're hoping this becomes a feature film, which I would, I would die. Yeah, I would we, love to see this. There was a really good. We would see that. There was a really good um, Seagull movie that came out. Can't remember if this. I think that that must have been the summer of 2018, 19? Shit, I can't remember. But it was really good. Uh, Corey Stoll and Saoirse Ronan and. Um, also, just like that, Brian all these Dennehy all these people are are able are Elizabeth Moss. Not just being limited to one genre or another, because. I, I don't know. I've I've seen a lot of actors and dealt with a lot of actors who like are like I don't like film. I do like theater. Or I only like musicals and I don't like straight shows. I can't right. do comedy. And doing 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 it all is uh, is what you should strive to do. I totally. think. Totally. Anyway. This is you know this is just a we we took a long, we took a longer break than we expected. Long break. I'm having fun. We're back though. Are we going to talk High Fidelity, finally? Let's talk about High Fidelity. Let's do it. You I wanna play, love you wanna, this you show. You want to take a brief pause for you to play some cool music from it? I don't know what I'll play. I'll, I'll have the first episode ends with Ann Peeble. 
That's right. And I and I've been, I was listening to that song. There's been earlier this there's week. A, there's a there's some quality fucking needle drops in this show. Well, that's a big part of this. That you know, it's about. And it and it that character worked thirty years ago just as well as it does now. Oh my god! About a hipster music snob. Well, so, yeah, and, someone who and, is and the the very... top fives, which you, I know you're yeah, a big yeah. fan of. Oh yeah, and it's the top five heartbreaks. Yeah, it it pulls. That's the note he wrote that like inspired the book, that inspired the movie, that inspired the show. Is top five heartbreaks. <sighs> so where do we? Okay, so we are both huge fans of the movie I know. Did you read the book? No, I don't, but I know Nick Hornby as a former book salesman, <laughs> basically. Um, and the book other book. the other movie that is based off one of his books that I really liked is about a boy. Fever Pitch? I never, no. I never, <laughs> that's a baseball movie. I know what that is. Jimmy, that's a Jimmy Fallon. It's Jimmy Fallon's movie. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Oh man! Um, yeah, it's about a boy. About a boy with Hugh Grant. Fever pitch. No, the I'm movie kidding. about a boy was a. It's a good. I know. Okay, I like that at the time, and I like it now still. Because right. I, uh, I, you know, uh, was a weird bachelor had a friendship with the kid. Because I was dating his mom <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah. No, it wasn't like we were just randomly friends. <laughs> there was a reason for it. Um, yeah. But I think he's a good, like, kind of modern, realist, gets in these guys' heads, and they're very, like, emotional characters, and it's about these relationships. And High Fidelity, I wrote about in a class once that was a male-female communication class. Oh, yeah. That was basically... We took the same class. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have. I just talked to Anne, and she had... Shout out to Anne. Hey, Anne. Um, <laughs> shout out to Anne. Um, <laughs> and uh, the professor who taught that class basically it be, it became a romantic... It became a romantic comedy review class. Yes. And so I wrote about High Fidelity as kind of an alternative romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, I did Annie Hall for that assignment. Yeah, we both Woo! we both also chose male centric stories. Well, and that's okay. But, so that's what is so which is a kind of but that's what's so wonderful the genre. about the about this new series. And also, I think yeah, to it your didn't, point that it the, goes to show that it doesn't matter what gender you can write a character and then yeah, figure out the gender afterwards. Yeah, someone who is so obsessed with themselves and the way that they have curated their view of the world. And the way that they look back and chronicle themselves the way that they do these things that they're so obsessed with. And how they're... It, it can be anybody. Because <laughs> yeah, we all do we it. we all do it. We're, <laughs> we're all in our own little bubbles. And we all define... But do we define the entire world by the relationships the and like. interactions we've been through and the stuff right. we like? Yeah, exactly. I love the, the scene that she... Because obviously, so... I'm hoping everyone has seen High Fidelity or read the book or... No, the material. Give a little quick. Well, there's so the thing that the show does that I'm glad that they did the way is that they just straight up do the material that you're familiar with the characters. The lines are right out of the book. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that are lifted directly, and like the characters' vibes and the rapport that they have is very. Yeah, the main three characters are just very much like the film. They've they've just gone from like Gen X to to millennials. Yeah. And, and just the, kind of 
you know, and gender swapped a and couple of them. I wish I could remember the actor who plays the kind of meek guy in the movie. Simon. So Simon is his. Is, it, is that the same the name in both? Versions? It's the character. It's and and the only real difference, even in the performances, the guy has hair now. <laughs> like it's and he's gay. And he's, and he's gay. gay. And but he's one. And he's one of her top five. But there's a great scene they've with, made that with him and Rob together in the beginning where they Rob played by Zoe Kravitz. Zoe, who kills it. She's so good, but they... And I think it's kind of a thesis statement for the whole show where they're getting to know each other and he says, I think that the the things that you like is just as important, if not more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, than the, than the person that you are or whatever. And well, they, that's, and they that's how you connect to people. And they agree More than that. anything. Yeah. You know, it matters more that you have similar interests. Which, you know, I think our friendship is a it's, testament to how that's true and false. Yes, exactly. We have we have different interests and similar yeah. ones. So obviously we we are predisposed to like this. It is also about uh, loving your melancholy in heartbreak. I mean, I think that we're both guilty of that too. Well, and being, <laughs> being accustomed, like, the one I'm... I'm halfway through it, right? Right. So the one I just... I watched the one I just watched, days. she has, like, a great line about how every time she's in every time she's had a relationship she always ends up feeling like this and it's this like sadness Mm -hmm. and loneliness that she's become accustomed to and it's kind of like the destructive relationship habits everyone has and the patterns that people fall into yeah even when Right, she's even se- when you she's know seeking the answer to what's well, wrong and she's, with her, and she's used to things just ending up that way. So it's yeah. like she goes through the, she runs this, she says, "I'm on a feedback loop." Yeah, you know, and she, her friend calls her out. Simon had called her out. She's like, "He's right. I'm, on, I'm just doing a feedback loop of misery instead of like trying to break out of the pattern that you've developed." Right. It's all about like re- relationship dynamics and right. And how one internalizes that. Like, right. you don't get the other characters. In either in any version of this story, you don't really get the the partner's point of view. The SO's point of view. They're just right. a... Right. There is... A, well, they're the in, other, you later know. In this, later in the season, you do get a um, POV switch. Okay. Okay. There's a little teaser for you. Interesting. I do... Oh my god. I'm trying to think of just all the... All There's a little bit of... I mean, they show some scene. I guess the... I can't, I'm trying to think because it's... Fuck, what's her I name? I mean, there is a hard... It's what's her name? Who In the original, his girlfriend is... Uh, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones? No, it's Prince... No, the one that he's in love with is Princess Bride. House oh, of Hearts. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, it's Robin Wright. It, yeah, it's Robin Wright. And she's fucking Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. And you see, like, and and part of it is, like, his imagination and of, the, like, what they're doing. Like, them just, like, animal sexing right. and stuff. No one in the world has ever had better sex than the sex that she is having with him in my In family. my mind, yeah. yeah. That's a great line. <laughs> and then, you know, some of my favorite lines from the movie get put into the show, too. I mean, you just watched the... Uh, <laughs> what fucking Lily girl? Yeah. Eruption the same way that you get the what fucking Ian guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they just even the Kevin Bannister, I think, or whatever. It's the same last name. Yeah. But it's instead of it being the in this version, it's the guy that she made out with, and in the original, yeah. it was the guy that the other girl ended up marrying. Yeah. Or you know they they you realize how simple it was for them to modernize. <laughs> Kissed things. me. 
married. And, and that's why, like, I was trying to remember. <laughs> and she nails the same inflections that he does in certain but, points too, and you don't care. Well, and they do, and they'll do mo those. They'll modernize it like she goes to this in Instagram influencer party, and I'm trying. And in the original one, it was just like a really phony, like bunch of like fashionistas and stuff. It was ba yeah. the same thing in the, that. Yeah, era. they were just like fake beatniks. In and the he's 90s like, and they're, like, these people oh. are full of shit, and I hate them. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You're not going through one of those. They do a really good what job. What does it all mean kind they of They do things. a really good translation where you're like, not much has changed in when it comes to I think that there's the even, most basic There's even something in the texture. Emotional turmoil. There's even something that's similar in the texture of the image between the movie and the show, I think. Even though it shifts from Chicago to New York, it still has that like... Brick and brick and more, yeah. The brownstone, brownstone and pale light kind of thing. Like, well, they're they're and still they're, they're still and, running a record store, and now it's gone. And from that's being, still one of the best settings you well, can have. And even in the original, he goes, people think we're either we're either old fogies or hipsters, and it that has come full circle. Still, like records yeah. have not oh, yeah. gone away. No, they, they've come the back more than are, ever. Yeah. And the same, exactly, the same kind of music snobs work at the record yeah, stores. Yeah, and they do, and I love the the way that the the music discussion has shifted a, a little bit, you know, and we've, and we need to get to the yeah, actress the, who, all the of actress the, in the Jack All of Black the music role. that was in the original has been altered slightly. Yeah, there's a great, I think this is in the first or second episode when... They, the Jack Black hair. When, when Simon is like, we need a ruling out here. This girl's trying to buy a Michael Jackson record for her boyfriend. Right. Because originally, <laughs> what, what was it in the original? She was trying to buy a Phil Collins. Uh, no, it's Stevie Wonder. It's a guy trying to buy a record for his daughter that Stevie Wonder is. I just called to say I love you. Oh, and he's like, that's not a song your you want to. doesn't like that song. Yeah. Do you even fucking know your daughter? <laughs> And then now the argument is is Jackson's off the it, wall, and 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 Jackson like separating the artist from the music. And there's a great and, there's a great scene where Kratz. and the and the white girl trying to buy the record goes allegedly every time they call him oh, yeah. a child molest. What the fuck? She goes, oh allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> I love the uh, you, listen, you still listen to a guy who raps in a maga hat. She goes, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> Yeah, and then they go off about how Kanye has a mental disability, and she goes, "You don't think Michael? You don't think Michael, you don't think has Michael a fucking mental health issue?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't think Michael? Yeah, they do a great job of modernizing. <laughs> and they bring up the Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah, that character is she. This, the chick who does the Jack is Black so on fire. I've never seen but her, but she's still got the same vibe. Like they do the scene where she puts her. She puts up her band audition notice, and they're like, is she taking out the trash? And she, like, doesn't know which way to go. <laughs> She's like, is it out here? To the right? My right? And they're like, it's the same right. She's Are you like, taking the trash out right She's now? She's like, is it this big green one? And the guy's like, it must be this full moon tonight. What the fuck's going on right now? <laughs> like, the, vi the, the vibe is perfectly um, transposed. Yeah. And flipped, basically. Yeah, and they, and you know, one thing that really I think is part of, like, why the show is so addictive to watch and feels kind of, like, such a blanket of warmth is the compassion that those three characters do have for each other, even when they're, you know, kind of, and you'll see later in the season, like, the way that they can kind of get snappy and the way they can have their problems. And they're just they, friends, yeah. Yeah, but they do just, like, have this beautiful love for each other that I, you don't see friendship portrayed that well all the time 
Sure. In TV and film, well, I don't think. Well, in this version, and this show really fucking. In this version, the Simon character is one of her five top five. Yeah. And when she settles it with him, he puts it in such a cool way where I'm like, because I, I do have relationships like this with, with you know, girls I've, mm. girls I've dated or whatever, where it's, you know, we we are still the same way we were when we were together. Yeah. Like, we're, we're just, just not, not together. together. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and nothing changed. We're still here. Right. And that's like her, you know, uh, that's how she moves on from that one. Right. She really rails through those in that. Yeah, they episode. yeah they go, I yeah they do go through them kind of quickly, but they're also like all shadows of the thing, which is of the real thing, which is what the originals right. like too. It's like him being like do, him being like here are the here bit. are the four times I was heartbroken really badly, but none of them compare to the heartbreak I feel now. Yeah, the character and and they change like in the original it hasn't been a year. Since they broke up, like they had just recently. Yeah, broken it's pretty up. hard after. And in this, like, time has passed enough that. I do like what they. I like what they do. I do it. too. I really like this show, like yeah. a lot. I, I can't believe. I'm. How, I'm. How good I'm it I is. think it's in my top five of 2020 already. Oh my god. And I, I and I'm easy bait for a high fidelity show. Sure, but I mean, I think that when we, I, when we heard that this was going to be a show, I think that we were both pretty skeptical, because it was like. Do you need this? Well, I, know, and I, know that I was just asking you, out. like, I'm hoping they don't try to make this last five seasons and yeah. make this character, you know, yeah, they they, they can't try to write Nick Hornby's book five times over yeah. Game of Thrones style. Yeah, yeah, I do hope, because it obviously, I mean, you'll get to the end, but we've already discussed it. It doesn't end with yeah. the book. Yeah, I, I asked you this. I was like, does it end, like, is, do they tell the whole book, the whole story, or is it they set it up for a second season? And they sec they set it up for a second season, because there's more money in that. Well, I mean, and it's already and it's it's already four hours longer than the movie is. You know what I mean? So like, there's already there's already stuff that's just completely different, and and there's sections. and the world is the world's more. It, that's why we I like you know you and I talk about how adapting a book into a miniseries or a TV show. Is so much more better than a movie. Yeah, you, you can to, really sink your teeth yeah, into and it's, it. It's the living in it, and I guess that the, I don't know, just the the texture of the all of the rooms and the vibes in the rooms of that show are just the aesthetic. So, the aesthetic is on. It's point. so inviting. It just it's it just feels great. It feels like songs that made you sad in high that's school. That's the kind I of. I mean, that's a fucking. It's really great. the kind of story I think you and I would like to tell. You know. Oh, absolutely. Like. Absolutely. It's a good. It's not a comedy or a tragedy. It's just a real mm-hmm. human story uh, about connections and stuff. I don't know. I love that show. So do we? Should we? Get, okay. Should we that, get to it the seems Pope? like our main thing of this episode is high fidelity. But let, let's talk about the Pope. And you know, and I, we probably can even actually keep this sort of short. I do because, too. Because I think that the we're we're waiting on what's really coming. Yeah, it's been building and building, building, and it's been. I was having this thought last night because last night was it was an admittedly strange episode despite it having the original titular character return after like waking up from a coma after a it year. It was it was like it was like It was huge but it was still meditative and small. Well it was like its own little insulated story where you're like and then Lenny awoke and he had to do this fable, this journey. Yeah. And 
it's like insular yeah. little thing. Yeah. He, but, and he, but he, Lenny is back. I mean, we're just Len, like Lenny's back. We're we we're we're getting accustomed to Lenny being back. And we've and been, wait, and we've been waiting. Yeah. We've been we've been we. I think we were expecting right away to see Malkovich and Jude Law D- yes, face to face, right away, yeah. and they didn't give that to us. No, but Lenny doesn't even realize that he's not. The whole thing was. The Pope I mean, it's really kind of Lenny grappling with like whether or not he's a he's a saint. Yeah. And whether or not he can perform miracles, because that's you know they say it's him they, they say this is another miracle. There's no way you should have even wake, woken up. Well, yeah, it's him. It's him reckoning with being alive right now. I mean, yeah. The, uh, it's, I thought but it, it was this weird. I don't think it's his first line, but the you, was this you brought me back. What do you want? There's a lot. Going there's a, on. There's a lot going on. Whether or not Lenny can just demand God save this child after having just come back from the dead on his own. Yeah. And denying that and denying that he's a saint and saying these are all just coincidences. There's the fan. The fan just went off. There goes the fan. And there goes the fan. Um, but we got very little Malkovich. We got very little Voyello. We got very little anybody. And yeah. everything had been, has been building up because it's been a couple we weeks. We got a lot of Esther. Yeah, but it's been a couple weeks, so there's yeah, all those lot, characters have, have had things happen. And I mean, but nothing is. I mean, in terms of where we're going, we're we're just at the, we're just at this breaking point where finally Lenny is here, and we're gonna reckon with who who John Brannix really is. I mean, the show and what and John Brannix is, is, you know, secret has been revealed as that he's an addict, but what exactly that he's, that he's an addict and that he's also living behind a false doctrine that he never wrote, that his brother wrote, this whole thing with his brother, he's a fraud, you know. Yeah. He's an interesting character. And I think that, and that's, and we're just getting all of that information. So we're gonna, these next episodes are gonna be wild. But the last, however many we've seen since the last time that we talked about it, the show, even though the, maybe the plot isn't taking these huge leaps all the time, is still just like, Beautiful. Yeah, the the fucking imagery is so incredible, and the the just the discussions that they are meditating on all the time. It's like a very philosophical show. Yeah, which I it's a I'm great. All about. It's just it's some good art. It's <laughs> it's legit art, man. Yeah, it's and, real art. And and but in, I guess we can say this. I though. slap my art hog on it. I slap my art hog on it. <laughs> And honestly, it's such a, the thing, and the thing that has been missing is Jude Law's just, like, volcano performance that he gives. He's so fucking good in it. The beginning of that episode where he is emerging from the water in his white bikini to <laughs> to Esther in, in her bikini with the massive cross on and he pulls the cigarette out of the cross. Yeah. And she lights it. That as, whole opening as, sequence. As the, and this is, we brought this up. On the Watchtower. When, when are we going to hear the All Along the Watchtower? Do you want to take a little quick... And then and then it's him smoking and walking through a beach of... A, a heavenly beach of nuns in bikinis playing with <laughs> beach balls and stuff. Yeah. And they're all eyeballing him, and he's winking and smoking and... Return to form. Lenny, baby. <laughs> Lenny's back. So, I mean, we're, we'll see where it takes us. 
Yeah, we I, got a couple more episodes. I'm but, strapped in. But I think at this point the show has clearly set itself up like... There's, there's okay. a third season for right. sure. Right, yeah. The first season was on an ambiguous note because they didn't know if they were going to do more, which right. is a clever thing to do in, yeah. in this day and age. Yeah. Now they're clearly like, they've got both these guys ready to do another season in, what did you predict, 2022? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see it in a couple years. But I, and I'm, I'm glad for it. I mean, I would, I'm, I, I could have lived with just I'm the too. first season, but I've, I really have loved John Brannix, and I think that those two, yeah, the Malkovich performance, the, is great. I think that those two characters might form this like beautiful dichotomy of philosophies, and of, I mean, they're both, they're both false in their own minds in some way, but are still like, right, able to have great effect and right. they're like kind of these two dichotomous philosophies that maybe can without being too like a pretentious philosophy kid but like you know uh just become a new thing become a new right synthesis sure without being too marxist and we'll, we'll see any predictions uh i don't know man i never know with this show we uh, yeah, you and i can't yeah, we can't I predict shit no like idea. like My esther esther has now, become so. this weird like saint of fucking the maligned rich kid like i wouldn't i know we wouldn't have predicted that weird side no, plot that's, that's going been, on yeah I'll tell you what is funny though is my mom's watching the new season. Is she? Because we had talked when Christian and I, the Young Pope is one of the shows that we really watched, inspired us. watched when we were living <laughs> in my parents' basement at one point. Uh huh. And we made my parents watch it, and my mom will watch the new one, and then she'll text me and she'll go, "There's a lot of boobs in this show," <laughs> and then she'll go, "These people are all perverts." <laughs> and I'll go, "Yep, yep, Mom." Um, that's that true. sounds like a Claudia, <laughs> Claudia Bushley. Shout out to mom. Love Shout you, mom. Shout out to Mike's mom. <laughs> I, I cannot get my mother to watch the show, and I don't know why. I think well, we're, we're very Catholic, so the Im- the aesthetic of the whole thing is something we've, like... I think my mom likes the those aesthetics. We've been to the Vatican. We went to the Vatican when I was a teenager. We went to Europe, and, like, one of the big things was we went to Vatican City, and we went right, to right. Sistine Chapel, and we right. waited in the lines, and we saw the Swiss guards, and it's kind of like a theme park for Catholics, basically. Hell yeah. Yeah. What a theme park for my hog. Basically. Nice. And then you'll go to, you'll go to hell. And then you'll go to hell. Straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that the is that the episode? Yeah, we've made a pretty long one. Yeah, but we owe, but we owed you guys because we've been gone for a minute. There may or may not be a ten minute section on politics that I cut out of this podcast. You'll never know. Yeah, but in case you're curious, we're huge Trumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll make sure that that joke is in there twice. <laughs> if we keep that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what lands. All right. Well, well, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Is there anything you, the audience, would like to say? Reach out to us at... Oh, please, say something. Um, YouTube, uh, look up uh, Grown Up Costume Party, and uh, that's the channel. And then look at The Now Show with Jack Bell. And then, and then type a thing and say, Hey, Bob, read this. And tell Mike and Christian... Right. And then give us some feedback. And he'll tell us in a couple of weeks. And if not, <laughs> and if you don't want to go through all that trouble, then uh, you can go fuck yourself, I guess. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. <laughs>